Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all of our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Muck Bill Yabaro. Sun Young is taking a break from his mic, and I'll be filling in for him in Washington. Welcome to the December 19th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. The only news of the day is that amazing World Cup finale. A short time ago, I spoke with VOA's Kali Abdu, who has been in Qatar for the past month covering all the World Cup action. Great to have you on the show, Kali. Uh, thanks for having me on this program. Uh, the uh, finals were absolutely electrifying the whole city was uh lit up you know everyone was heading was rushing by 4 p.m here there was gridlock everywhere and the final itself you know the game as you as you know was an absolute classic and it was worth all the uh hysteria and uh, all the energy that surrounded the city before the game. On that point, you know, uh, h- how do you think Qatar felt uh, not only hosting the World Cup, but having the two biggest stars from PSG, a team mm. that the Imar of Qatar, Tamim bin Hamad Al Thani, he owns that team, right? So to have mm-hmm. two of the biggest stars of the world that play for your team, you know, mm. in the World Cup hosted by your country. My God, bro! Like, who who wrote this storyline, huh? Yeah, the the the, the scripts, you know, was was uh, was rain in the stars, you know, as they say. <laughs> right. You can't have rain a better script, honestly. It, it all lined up perfectly for them at the end, you know. Um, as you said, these are his two biggest stars in the team that he owns, and both of them, it was just only right that both of them took center stage, and you know, Mbappe. Just, you know, absolutely incredible. Uh, Messi as well. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, when they they were handing the, the, the I guess, the trophy to Messi, yeah. when the Emir put that cloak, you know, he put that traditional cloak on Messi or Ghana, yeah. whatever they call it. Yeah. It was, uh, it, I guess that signified what you're talking about, you know. Right, like right. A counting moment almost. <laughs> Yeah. Man, that 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 moment was was honestly so amazing. Um, not only for you know uh, Qatar, but you know even for the entire Middle East, really, right? To see arguably one of the greatest players of all time win a um, win the Golden Ball and then also win the the World Cup, and then I believe they call it a bisht. They put that mm. on top of him, and now it's like it's a part of you know their culture. Seeing that, you know, with the greatest player, arguably the greatest player ever, it must have been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. no, it was. Like, you know, it was. It was unbelievable. I mean, uh, I will tell you, I have never seen fans just. Messi has a lot of fans here. I have never seen that before in my life, and I've been following and playing football all my life. I've never really seen. You know, just people worship a player the way I, I've seen uh, uh, Messi fans here, and and they're people of all races. They're not just from Argentina; it's people from all over the world that were just 
screaming Messi on the, the way to the stadium, on the way uh, to, to, to watch the game at the giant LED screen and, and the Corniche uh, uh, promenade. And you just could tell that everybody was rooting for Messi. You know, Kylian Mbappe is very young, and honestly, he is on his way to being one of the, the, the greats, you know, considering how well he's doing. Mm-hmm. But yesterday was all about Messi. You know, it was just Messi, Messi, Messi everywhere. And uh, at the end of the day, the guy delivered. And I think that he, he you know, the trophy was well-deserved, honestly. No, absolutely. I, I, I would definitely agree as well. Um, and if you were to say before the game or the match had started, who did you think was going to win this game, Argentina or France? Yeah, it was, it's, it was a strange one because... Uh, I had a 50-50, to be honest. I couldn't lean one way or the other either way because there were certain factors. For me, you have Argentina who lost their first game but then just kept growing throughout the tournament. You could tell that they, you know, they just grew as a team. They had this nasty streak. They were biting challenges and they were fighting with referees and fighting opposing teams. You could tell these guys really want this. Right. So the, and the, it kept growing throughout the tournament. Whereas France, you know, they came in as champions, and you know they had these games where they they won and then they lost to Tunisia, and it was just kind of shaky. They had a lot of uh, illnesses and the players falling ill in the in their camp, so they had like a lot of ups and downs throughout the tournament. So you could say, well, France is like one of the teams to beat at the tournament, but because they had all these ups and downs, some games, you know, they really struggled. So you could say, well, it could go 50-50 either way. And because you have Messi on one side and Mbappe on the other side, who both, yeah. you know, did amazing in the game. And as you know, with Kylian Mbappe's performance, any player who puts in that type of performance deserves to win the final. But at the end, you see how that turned out. So it was, for me, it was such a close game, such a close game. It was Argentina won by 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 just a very very close margin. I wouldn't I wouldn't you know say that they blew uh, France out the park by any stretch. So you know my call was 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 50-50 at the beginning, and at the end of the day, the game actually ended in a draw and had to be decided on penalties. So I guess my call was correct. <laughs> I, I would definitely agree with you. I think to me, this felt almost like a passing of the baton from one great to another great, uh, both having stellar performances. Uh, Messi scoring two goals, assisting on one, Mbappe scoring three goals um, with the hat trick. But um, if we would have to go and uh, if we can touch on that third place game, you know, not as exciting yeah. in terms of the glitz and the glamour, right, of having the entire world tune in to see the crowning of the World Cup um, champion. But it's still a great game. Two very strong teams in Croatia and Morocco, the Cinderella story of the tournament. Uh, talk to me about uh, that game. Yeah, so that game, it was also uh, highly anticipated here in, in uh, Doha. As you know, Morocco have been the darlings of this tournament. They really won everybody's hearts, and everybody was was rooting for them to at least come third place uh, after they fell to France in the semifinal. But you know, as the game went, you know, and you could just tell Croatia's class. You know, you you saw a team that well. 
you know, they've been there and thereabouts in, in, in at the Euros and I guess the last World Cup. But they are a team that has a lot of experienced players and that showed against Morocco. Obviously, Morocco, uh, before the Fran- France game in the semifinal, they hadn't even conceded a goal <laughs> except their mm-hmm. own players scoring an own goal. So they, they were quite tight in the back. So for them to even concede those goals against Croatia just showed you uh, that, you know what, Croatia are not to be slept on. They have quite a lot of class. Even though, to Morocco's credit, you know, they had, uh, to be fair on them, they they, they had uh, some injuries, I believe. They didn't have the, the, the main players they, they, they usually use in the back. So right. their defense was a little weaker. But all the same, they still, they still put in an energetic performance and they had chances. They're uh, loved here in Qatar, even still, even though they lost, they have a lot of respect. And I think that they've won themselves quite a number of times. Absolutely. No, I definitely agree. I think uh, people have said that, you know, Morocco definitely has won the hearts of millions, you know, uh, across the board. Uh, as we know, football brings people together. And they've also shown... Um, what an African team can do truly if, you know, they really lock in. Uh, semifinals is the furthest that an African team has reached so far in the World Cup. And who's to say uh, moving forward, if the top caliber players, you know, um, decide that they want to play for their, you know, African sides, a lot of them have the option to do so. Maybe this team gives a lot of these African players uh the hope or maybe the want to play for an African side. Imagine if we were to see somebody like Mbappe, who is of Cameroonian and Algerian descent, to play for one of those sides. What could that do to the dynamic of the game uh, on the African continent? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's uh, no doubt in my mind that Morocco has inspired other African teams to just you know, to just look up a bit more and just strive uh, for greatness. There's no reason why African teams uh, shouldn't get to a semifinal, to a final, and to even win the tournament, you know. We just need to uh, see more belief in the teams, see more belief in the players, because at the end of the day, you know, majority of the players who play in these African teams all play overseas, play in Europe, and they're used to seeing the, the Messi's and the Ronaldo's and all these big names, they used to seeing them week in and week out. So it's not like uh, they're coming to these tournaments and there's fear factor, you know. So I just think that, you know, even from the coaching systems and just the the, the, uh, the tactics, I think that there's room for improvement. But you can only look at Morocco and what they achieved as a source of inspiration. To your other point, I think that, you know, what you said about Mbappe it's, it's so interesting. I remember thinking uh, to myself, wow, you know, there's so many players who play on the French team who are from Africa, you know, or, they, they, you know, their parents are from Africa, for example. Um, you know, I, I know for sure that Mbappe uh, would have been, would have made the, the difference had he played for Cameroon, for example, because, you know, Cameroon, at the end, they really impressed me. At first, I, I didn't give them all that credit. But as the tournament went on, you know, and they, they came back from three goals down to, to tie the game 3-3 against uh, Serbia. And uh, then going on to beat Brazil, they really won. They won me over. And I had a lot more respect for, uh, 
Rigo Bad song. Uh, I could only imagine, you know, he had a Google Vince and a Google car and Chupa Monson, but I could only imagine what he would have done if he had Mbappe on the left wing. <laughs> oh <laughs> you know? my God. It, Mbappe and Abu Bakr <laughs> and Chupa uh, Chup Moting. What yeah. a what a front, yeah. man. That's yeah. unbelievable. It would have made quite a difference for them. But at the end of the day, you know, um, Mbappe is playing for France. Right. And, you know, you, you can only use what you have. I know there's players like, uh, you know, there's players like, uh, I believe, uh, Williams, who played for Spain. You know, right. he's of Ghanaian descent. And he could have played for Ghana. They actually went after him, but he chose ultimately to play for Spain. And his brother Place played for Ghana. Ghana. Right. So, you know, it, it goes it, it goes either way. You know, uh, Bukayako Saka uh, has Nigerian origins and the Nigerian FA tried to get him, but he ultimately chose to play for England. You have players like uh, Callum Hudson Odoi, who plays, uh, who was playing for Chelsea at the time when uh, Ghana approached him and he ultimately decided to stay with the England setup, you know. This is just the way international football is, and it will continue to be that way as as the world continues to be more blended and, you know, people are born in different countries. Right. So I think that uh, what Morocco has done may inspire other great players to look uh, towards Africa, you know, say, I'm going to play for Africa. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, we may see some players opting for, for African teams, uh, ultimately, at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely would agree. And uh, like we said, it's only getting more and more exciting um, as, as it continues, as we do know that the, uh, you know, the, the next World Cup will be held in North America. Um, everybody's excited for that. Uh, but we can go on forever. Kali, this has been amazing. <laughs> thank you for thank you for being on the show. Uh, Kali Abdu from Doha, Qatar. Um, thanks for being on the show, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks again, Kali. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on Voice of America. I'm Muckbill Yabro, and I'm filling in for Sonny Young this week. Don't forget you can find all the World Cup news and your favorite VOA programs on VOAAfrica.com. For world news, you can also check out VOANews.com. And later today, we'll be producing our special World Cup podcast on goal with Sonny and Muckbill with special guest Jackson. Catch it on VOAAfrica.com. Now let's dive a bit deeper into that exciting World Cup finale 
an African football analyst says the game between Argentina and France will be remembered as one of the greatest World Cup finale matches ever. Fisio Diaro is the chief football writer of www.aclsports.com, and he has been in Qatar for all the action. He spoke to reporter Mike Mbonier about the thrilling finale. He says the final game lived up to its expectations because fans were entertained. It was indeed a great game of soccer here at the Lusail Iconic Stadium in Qatar. It will go down as one of the greatest ever FIFA World Cup final matches played. Six goals in 120 minutes. The Argentines thought they were cruising home 2-0 up in the first half. France mounted an unexpected comeback in the second half. We had two more goals, one for either side in the extra time. It was indeed a dramatic and frenetic contest. And I'm sure the over 80,000 fans crammed inside this edifice will have had the best time of their lives. Whether you are partisan or you are neutral, you must really appreciate the game of soccer for what we all saw on Sunday night. Congratulations to the Argentine team. Congratulations to Lionel Messi, who many have, have, have argued that he is one of the greatest ever players to have played the game of soccer. And congratulations to Kylian Mbappe as well, who at a tender age of 23 has now scored as much as 12 World Cup goals. This is an amazing game of soccer and I'm indeed proud to be among the people that witnessed this. Kylian Mbappe of France scored a hat-trick while Leo Messi of Argentina scored twice in the final game. Did the two stars live up to expectations? Like I said on the sunny side of sports on, on Friday, these two players are made for the big occasions. Lionel Messi has been doing this for the better part of 16 years. Kylian Mbappe has been doing this for the better part of six years. Mbappe has now scored in back-to-back World Cup finals. It's an incredible feat for a player in as young as he is. He's just 23, but he has demonstrated how great and massive his future is. For Messi, he, he has not only carried the burden of leading this team, but also of avoiding two defeats in the forward cup. And he did not allow the occasion to weigh him down like he always does in finals. Two goals, very good for him. And Mbappe, he kept bringing the French side back from the dead. First from 2-0 and when he considered a third goal, he still had the nerve to convert from the penalty spot. These two players, they are unquestionably one of two of the greatest ever players to play the game. And it's interesting because Mbappe is just 23. And I'm very confident, I'm very sure that that FIFA World Cup scoring record, this young man from France, will break it. Fisayo, Croatia defeated Morocco to win the third place game. What's your take on the Atlas Lions of Morocco in the World Cup? Of course, it ended in an anti-climax for the Atlas Lions in their third Croatia. But overall, the World Cup, nobody, no pundit, no football fan, no lover could have tipped the Moroccans to even advance out of their group stage that had two of the semi-finals in the 2018 World Cup finals. But they did. 
top the group in style. They, they claimed the, the big scalps of Spain and Portugal in the second and quarter final before eventually succumbing to a, a myriad of injuries. But they have to be proud of themselves. Like the head coach Khalid Regragui said after the match, he has no regrets whatsoever because if they were offered to finish fourth in this competition before it started, they would grab it with both hands. I'm so proud to be an African with what the Moroccans have displayed and they've shown that, yes, football is not just about names. If you bring a, a group of players together, mold them well-knitted with adequate coercion, they can achieve the unthinkable. And that's what the Moroccans showed us in this tournament. Even in the third-place playoff that they lost to Croatia, they didn't go down without a fight. They gave it all, all they had and everyone is truly proud of what the Moroccans did in this tournament. That was Fisio Diaro, chief football writer at www.aclsports.com. He spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye in Lagos on the telephone from Doha, Qatar. Thanks, Mike. Fireworks and cheering as World Cup champions Argentina greet fans from an open-top bus in the streets of Qatar last night. The world is still talking about the hard-stopping finale to the World Cup in Qatar, where Argentina overcame a late challenge from the previous World Cup winners France to win. The Argentines, led by Lionel Messi, first drew 3-3 with France and then took the cup home with penalty kicks winning 4-2. Fans all over the world celebrated. This man was part of the throng around the Angel de la Independencia monument in Mexico City. He says he thinks in the first 80 minutes, Argentina completely controlled the game. Even so, he waited to the very end of the match because he didn't know what would happen. He says in the last 20 minutes, France made a plot twist and I think in the end, Both were huge opponents, two great teams. In Paris, early today, many fans of the French team were coming to grips with the loss, like this woman. She says when a team loses during the penalty kick phase, like that during the penalty shootout phase, she is comfortable. France played well. They caught up 3-3. This is not bad, but it's like that, she says. It's soccer. You have to face your mistakes and correct them. This said, the players had a magnificent World Cup. Now we have to move on. She says the fans shouldn't blame them. They gave it their best shot. In Morocco, fans were proud of the Atlas Lions after Croatia ended their history-making run in the third-place match in Qatar on Saturday. The Atlas Lions made history by becoming the first team from Africa and the first Arabic team to reach the World Cup semifinals. But Morocco lost to Croatia 2-1 in the match for third place at Khalifa International Stadium. Morocco's showing in Qatar, proving the most surprising story of the World Cup and sparking an outpour of pride among African and Arab countries alike. This man says, as usual, the Moroccan team performed wonderfully and made the Moroccan people proud and Arab people in general. He says, we weren't able to win, but thank God we are in the hearts of Arabs and the world because of this tournament. God bless them. For more details on the World Cup, check out voaafrica.com and look for our special World Cup podcast on goal with Sonny and Muckbill. We will have 
the final episode in the coming hours. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's newsmaker interview program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at voanews.com or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash VOA or on Twitter at VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. On a sad note, Italian football fans are mourning Sinisa Mihajlovic, who played for and coached numerous Italian Serie A teams. Mihajlovic was famed for his spectacular free kicks, and he died on Friday in Rome of leukemia. Italian Prime Minister Giorgio Meloni tweeted, You fought like a lion on the pitch, and in life you are, and you will always be remembered, a winner. His playing career included lengthy spells at Sampdoria and Lazio. He also managed Serbia. He also managed a number of club teams, including AC Milan. The team's Twitter account said, Goodbye, boss. You will always live in our hearts. Mihajlovic was fired as manager of Serie A club Bologna in September after they failed to record a win in their first five league matches. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music, from bubu music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC, right after the international news. And stepping away from the pitch and onto the court, seven-time Grand Slam champion Venus Williams will play for the 22nd time in the Australian Open. A quarter of a century since she debuted in Melbourne, Williams was awarded a wildcard spot in the 2023 event next month. The 42-year-old American, twice a finalist and four-time winner of the doubles title with her sister Serena at Melbourne Park, is ranked outside the top 1,000 players. She has not played a competitive match since being dumped out of the U.S. Open in the first round by unseeded Belgian Alison van Eukenich. In August of this year, Williams has lost her last six matches on the WTA Tour since reaching the second round at Wimbledon. Her 23 Grand Slam title winning sister Serena Williams announced she would evolve away from tennis following the last U.S. Open where she bowed out in the third round. And that's a wrap for the December 19th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Muck Bill Yabro filling in for Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.
This is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Join your host, Larry London, for Border Crossings, VOA's Worldwide Music Request Hour, every weekday at 1500 Universal. Tune in to hear your favorite songs and artists, win prizes and giveaways, and get the latest scoop from exclusive celebrity interviews. Send in requests to our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or call 202-618-2077 to have your favorite music played for the entire world. Don't miss Border Crossings every weekday at 1500 Universal. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA. VOA's Newsmaker Interview Program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at VOANews.com or connect with us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Carol Castiel VOA or on Twitter at Carol Castiel VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on the 